everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and just wanted to pop in here and say hi if you've made it this far into the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. I just wanted to take this time to let you guys know that I have a discount code for Imperfect Points. You can get 10% off with the code Romy Imperfect um, off the whole website. So I just wanted to pop on here and let you guys know that that code will be across everything and it's 10% off the whole website essentially and it also i guess a little small commission so if you were interested in supporting me and my journey and it also kind of helps the podcast as well please use that code when shopping with imperfect points um great company i talk about it all the time love 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 anyway enjoy the rest of the episode bye hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast in this week's episode i'm joined with gavin mccaig hi gavin Hi, Romy. You're right. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. All good. Excited no. to be here. Thank you for having no, me. No worries at all. You're in the middle of tour, if I'm correct at the moment. Nutcracker yeah, season. So. Yep. We just arrived in Hull today. Mm-hmm. That's our last venue of what has been quite a significant oh, tour. Oh, really? Okay. Um. So, yeah, we just had tech and we've got opening night tonight. So this oh, is just... Right. Oh my god! This is in between only only night. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no sweat. No, it's absolutely oh. fine. Nice little break. So, oh well, that's exciting. Um, well, let's get into the quick fire round. So the listeners, if they haven't, they don't know who you are. Um, hopefully this will make them know a bit more. Um, yeah. so first of all, how old are you? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. And where are you currently? A uh, hole. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And this is a funny one because I, well, I added this into the quick fire round um, because I kept seeing, like, I don't know if you've seen the ABT um, like reels on Instagram about, like, what's your least favorite ballet step? Um, oh, I love They're And I love it. I love their social media. I feel like they're doing that really well. They are smashing it, right? Like, mm. they've really captured everyone with those videos. At my yeah. least favorite ballet step, ouch, hate to say it, mm-hmm. arabesque. Absolutely. Oh, hate it's, it. uh, yeah, don't like arabesque. I've never had a good one. And yeah, it's just another for me, I'm constantly striving to get that arabesque yeah. up. No, it's a hard one, especially if you don't, if you're not born with that back and no. like, it just it's just not comfortable it's just yeah. not comfortable um what is your favorite piece of choreography it can be either something you've danced or you've seen oof um probably anything by crystal pipe mm-hmm. uh, i absolutely loved her new work i saw it recently at the opera house mm-hmm. um but actually her this statement which actually the Royal Ballet did quite recently. Um, one of my old schoolmates, Ashley Dean, performed on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of set at a desk. It's got an mm-hmm. office to it. Ooh. And it's with lots of text. I mean, the dancers aren't mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a recording and the dancers are sort of 
reacting to the text that's incredible oh, i haven't yeah. seen that one but i did see the recent one at the royal opera house loved it yep stunning it was so good um and so what's your favorite piece of dancewear oh favorite piece of dancewear mm. i've got a black pair of uniqlo joggies that i absolutely oh, yeah. love yeah mm-hmm. i love some um, good warm-ups They've put a little hole in them at the moment, so I'm probably going to have to replace them soon. But I absolutely love them. Yep. Yep. Good choice. Um, and what is your favourite food? Oh, favourite food? Probably Thai. I'm a Ooh. big Thai fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All Asian cuisine, actually. Also Chinese food, like dim yep. sum. All, mm-hmm. all that jazz. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Same. So good. Um. So going into your journey as a dancer, like how did it start? You know, what did that like growing up and like going into dancing and then deciding you wanted to go into like a full-time school, if that's how it worked for you, how did that kind of, what was that process looking like? Yep. So for me, I was really um, lucky when I was young that I had a very close friend called Lara that lived across the road from me. And her mum had been a performer. Um, she danced in Europe and also throughout the UK in pantomimes and theatre productions. And um, she had sort of trained vocationally and stuff. And I think she just noticed how much I liked to perform mm-hmm. and how theatrical I was. And, you know, my friend Lara and I used to, you know, make music videos and put on little performances whenever there was a, you know, a birthday party or anything like that. So she sort of recognised that and took me down to the local dance school um, and obviously just totally fell in love with it. Um, Although didn't actually touch ballet at all Mm -hmm. until my local dance school teacher said, ah, you should go and audition for this school in Glasgow um, where you can be surrounded by lots of like-minded young um, dancers who are passionate Mm -hmm. you know dancing professionally so went to my audition for Dance School Scotland in like you know Mm -hmm. khaki pants and a vest and was surrounded (laughs) by an absolute army of Scottish Ballet Junior Associates (laughs) at the full year yeah I remember coming out my, my first audition being like so upset like mum and dad who haven't had no idea about any of this industry or world whatsoever I said mum and dad I've definitely not got it you know everyone do lots of ballet and I just was (laughs) and um lo and behold you know got my place at dance school Scotland Mm -hmm. trained there for four years vocationally learned how to do ballet which you know subsequently I totally fell hell of fell head over heels for it mm-hmm. um, and in my fourth year auditioned for English National Ballet School and got a place there and I sort of you know moved down to London at 16 and hammered straight into the London vocational training mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Uh, which was well intense yeah um you know as many of your listeners will know um and yeah then you know, the rest is history. Like, got my first professional job out of school um, at Northern Bali. But I don't know if I'm I'm skipping over the whole training element a little bit. We'll go into that. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, I've been dancing with the company for eight years now. Um, it's mm-hmm. been an incredibly fast eight years. Um, but I've absolutely loved it. 
Um, but yeah, that was that was how it all sort of molded into it. I think initially I had never. I always used to say to my parents, "Oh, mum and dad, I'd love to be a backing dancer someday." Because I would watch like MTV and you know mm-hmm. pop culture, and I'd be like, you know, I was a obsessive when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Used to absolutely love Steps. Be like, oh, like I want to be a backup dancer for Steps. Mm. Um, and I think it was more just the draw of the energy and the performance side of it. Um, but obviously, ultimately, I ended up going down this sort of more classical route. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, you know, where I've ended up, Northern Bali is particularly renowned for its um, theatricality and its narrative work. So in some senses, that sort of found its way into my professional career. Mm-hmm. Um and I suppose, you know, I've been a backing dancer an awful lot. Just, you know. <laughs> a different, different type of backing things. dancer. Yeah, in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite at the O2 Arena with Steps, but no. um, yeah, at the Leeds Grand in Cinderella. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it's always interesting hearing like, well, everyone's journey is different, which is why I love kind of delving into it a bit. Um but that must have been like quite challenging going from like literally, you know, having no experience with ballet to then going to dance school in Scotland where I'm assuming you were doing ballet, if not every day, like most days of the week. Yeah, um, yeah that what, was every day. And mm-hmm. it, it was, it was quite a culture shock. Mm. Um, but I just absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is great. You know, I love the discipline of it. Mm-hmm. I love that um, that sort of exploration of the technique. Mm-hmm. And I sort of watched as um, schoolmates who had trained since a very young age were trying to unlearn some of their sort mm-hmm. of bad habits that they developed from being taught from a young age. Whereas almost I had this fresh, clean slate where I could sort of build build my technique from there. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a it was a culture shock and moving away from home at yeah. age twelve um was quite daunting. Um mm-hmm. I think my parents were probably a bit more concerned and emotional than I was. Um because I've always been super ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um but I definitely missed them. I definitely had that um feeling of homesickness, mm-hmm. um, particularly around busy periods where we perhaps wouldn't return home um for a couple of weeks but um but you know also loved it like loved every minute and I regularly say how those four years at dance school of Scotland were literally the best four years ever I couldn't Mm -hmm. have asked for a more special cohort of um people around me an incredible faculty um it felt like a bit of a bit of a golden era um and And yeah, you know, many of those friends I'm still close with now and we supported each other through those sort of years of working out this industry and this career and if we wanted to be dancers, if we didn't, if we wanted to go down an academic pathway. Um, So, yeah, but it was Mm. tough. There's no doubt about that. Classical training. Yeah, it's not easy for anyone. My goodness, it's... Mm -hmm tough as it gets really yeah. and particularly that gets that gets even more intense when you move to upper school and mm-hmm. you either you know wherever you train in the country be it you know Glasgow Birmingham London mm-hmm. it 
it just becomes it has to become in some ways i suppose you're you're all for those three years yeah um so yeah yeah exactly when you're kind of moving out of well deciding like oh where am i going to train um for like your three years of upper school were you like did you go through like auditioning for everywhere in the uk or did you have like a mind that you wanted to go to english national ballet school like what was the process around that for you if you remember a lot of it Yep, I do. I remember it really mm-hmm. clearly. Obviously, had my heart set on Royal Ballet School. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, no yeah. I think most people. Yeah, train classically. Yeah. Um, and I'd done, you know, Royal Ballet Summer School and, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I've got Royal Ballet School. And um, got, you know, got a final and stuff, which got my hopes up, but, you know, of, of course, didn't get it. But did get English National, which was always my second choice okay um I also um got Elmhurst which I also loved when I went there mm-hmm. um, I loved the ethos I loved the energy in the building and at that point it was Desmond Kelly still directing the school mm-hmm. and yeah, I actually took my mum aside on my final edition and said, we, we want that boy mm. um how can we get him here because I always felt a little bit sad not going to Elmhurst for that reason um, oh yeah because you felt special like a it was just a nice connection that they like actually wanted you and not just like as a number to fill it exactly mm-hmm. but I do sometimes I feel you know of course everything works out the way it's supposed yeah. to work out they say yeah um but I, I was I was really happy to be able to go to English National Valley School and mm-hmm. I think moving to London and living in that massive you know culture ecology mm-hmm. um amidst you know the best vocational ballet musical theater west end oh you've got everything all of it it's at your fingertips mm-hmm. access to you know going to see the royal opera house general rehearsals english mm-hmm. national Ballet. it was a real a really incredible opportunity across those three years which just so grateful for mm-hmm. um again you know maybe everyone feels this or thinks this but I just feel like the staff that were at the school at that time across those three years were so incredible. Um, they supported me so much. Um, and I just don't really think I'd be working professionally had I not had those people around me pushing me, supporting mm-hmm. me, um, allowing me to become really the best young dancer I could be. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Like it's always, it's just always nice to like hear like a re- like a, you know, like a positive experience because it's like sometimes when like, well, obviously people have whatever experience they have, they have, um, but it's always like a little bit harder to like hear when someone's like had a really tough time at somewhere that you, especially like that, you know, like someone else like you might know has had a great time and it's like, oh, like it's, you know, sad that someone's had to go through that, but it's, even night like it's so good to hear when someone has a really positive experience um and I think they're like just equally as valuable like if you're in both sides of a coin because you know it doesn't every you know you have to find your fit in an institution that you're you know yeah to train at and I think you know as much as I've I've just you know talked about how incredible it was Mm -hmm. Um, to be down in London and train that EMB school mm. uh, I to be honest with you didn't have the best three years by way of my actual journey 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a few sort of speed bumps along the way. Yeah. Uh, actually, within sort of the first three months, mm-hmm. uh, I developed pain in my hip. Mm-hmm. And um, I always, when I try and think back about what happened within those mm-hmm. first, such a blur. Yeah. Uh, you know, moving to London, starting English National Ballet School, it's so intense. Mm-hmm. You're living in this massive city. Um, but, you know, I, I sort of went to physio with this pain in my hip. And literally within a few weeks, I had an appointment to see a consultant. And I walked in, I sat down with this consultant. They'd done a, an MRI. And the consultant said, oh, um, so I'm free tomorrow. We can operate tomorrow um, on your hip impingement. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah, my um, God. Age 16, like, had never really had experience of an injury. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly not to the point where sort of, like, medical intervention to that level was required, where I would Mm -hmm. literally have to have an operation. Um, But, you know, it it turned out it was the best best option for me, and Mm -hmm. I got the hip arthroscopy um, in my, you know, my third, fourth month in London, which was... Yeah, really tricky, um, mm. both psychologically and, you know, I was completely debilitated for the next um, month almost. My mum actually came down to London to live with me and wash me and cook for me and whatever. Um, mm. Quite traumatic, actually, yeah. <laughs> when I think about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I bounced back from it. I literally was religious about my rehab programme mm-hmm. and very kindly and with an incredible amount of support the school allowed me to pass into second year mm. even perhaps I don't think in retrospect I was probably ready to go into second year mm-hmm. um, but you know they let me do that and you know I was I was really lucky for that and then again mm. you know towards the end of second year into my graduate year stress fractures mm. in my foot uh, which held me back a lot and I went through this sort of period of being quite, at the time, I didn't really know um, much about depression or anything like that. I suppose when you're that age, you're sort of experiencing some of those feelings for the first time. Yeah. To that level anyway. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. we can all feel unhappy or whatever, but there was this sort of sense that every time I got going again, um, there was something, ah, oh, my body's holding me back. Ah, oh, you know, I've fractured my foot or, mm-hmm. um, so there was certainly that, those speed bumps along the way. Um, mm-hmm. but as I, as I've said, just such a, an incredible amount of support around me and, you know, it allowed me to walk out of school with a professional apprenticeship, which I just still mm-hmm. can't believe it happened really. Um, mm-hmm. a gift, a gift mm-hmm. really. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a bumpy three years in London, and when I look back, I sort of wish that it had been a bit smoother, and mm. that I had taken it all a bit less seriously. Maybe mm-hmm. um, enjoyed the city a bit more, partied a little bit. I didn't party mm. very much, and you know, now I thought I look back mm. and think, oh God, those were the the days of your youth. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I said at the beginning, it it sort of as your vocation you've got yeah. that three years to get yourself in the best possible shape ready to go into a professional contract and mm. 
alongside those speed bumps I've talked about, I felt like, ah, I've not had enough time. You know, I need more mm-hmm. time. Um, but there's quite a lot of learning that happens on the job. And that has definitely been the case with me. So, yeah, no, I think I completely relate to the whole thing of like looking back on your training and thinking like, oh, I could have like chilled out a bit more. But I think at the same time, like you'd always just think like, oh, you know, what if this had happened or like, what if I'd like gone out more or like took this bit less, you know, like being so hyper-focused in certain things. But I, but then I don't know, like there's something about like, what if you get to the end of you like, oh, but I could have done more. Like, yeah, I think what's, aside from like injuries and having speed bumps like I think every dancer who has been injured during the three years of training is going to look back and think like oh if only I wasn't injured I might be in a better position but like the position that you're in after the three years you know coming you know bouncing back from an injury and you know going through everything that you go through I think it's always a really nice position to like be able to look back and be like actually I think I did you know do everything I could um and it's just yeah I mean it's one of those hard things to like think like oh you know what if you had like I always think back oh what if I'd partied more and done this would I still be wanting to dance like what if I would have gone down a completely different route and discovered something else that and then I just wouldn't and then you just think like you never know um and it's that weird thing because some people kind of well, I hate to be like, oh, like some people kind of get more invest interested in like, you know, exploring life outside of ballet, which I think is important in one aspect, but it also I think some people then realise that actually their hearts maybe not in ballet anymore and therefore will go and pursue other things, which if it's making them happy is great. Um yeah. but it's I don't know, it's a hard thing. Yeah. And looking back and thinking like, was- there's yeah. always going to be those moments in life you look back and like, oh, what if? Yeah. Uh, but you know, your journey is your journey, and I mean, to 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 say I wouldn't, I definitely, you know, I used to hear adults say this when I was young, and now yeah. I say it, I wouldn't change anything because yeah. where I've got to is, you know, much a much better position than I ever um, thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways and I'm just so happy how how it all worked out for me yeah uh, so yeah it was all for a good reason hopefully yeah well exactly um and it's nice to hear that like obviously despite because I think a lot of people injuries is such a big thing and I there's I always get so many questions about it or people kind of just even just outside the podcast like having general conversations with dancers who are injured when you're in that those moments you literally just think your whole world is over like the oh, whole totally. world's like is crumbling down but I I think what's just so empowering to hear is dancers that have been injured during like what you know we're told is like the three most important years of our training of like the next step into joining the company you're going into a professional world that you can still be injured like you're allowed to get injured during those years and it doesn't mean your life is over like your body is capable of coming out of it the other side for sure and and it's also capable of coming out of it the other side 
with a, a learned knowledge of how mm-hmm. to navigate those experiences. Yeah. Those experiences of injury, of, mm-hmm. you know, a, a di- going through a difficult mindset mm-hmm. where you're maybe not motivated or psychologically you're feeling really down, you need some extra support. All those, um, you know, experiences that are not particularly positive mm-hmm. only galvanize what mm. what you're able to to do when you then leave school when you become that independent artist mm-hmm. um, that needs to you know either secure a contract or go from project to project looking after your body looking after your psychological well-being all those things I think sometimes you know I, I don't see it often because mm-hmm. a lot of you know most dancers will get injured at some point before the age of 18 19. Mm-hmm. but you see people who have never been injured yeah come into into the company and they'll get an injury oh. and whoa they just don't know how to navigate it yeah um and they learn of course because it's mm. one of the experiences you have to go through to learn how to come out the other end of it exactly um, but but yeah it, de- it definitely helped me and has helped me over the last few years mm-hmm. um sort of drive through the professional hard hurdles that I've come mm-hmm. across yeah well that's exactly it like it makes you stronger even though in the moment you think oh like life would be better if I wasn't injured but there's kind of you know there's things you can learn from that that is going to help you later on even when in the moment you're probably not thinking oh yeah this is great for me um which is hard obviously to go through in the moment so I guess like for anyone listening who's kind of in that space is just like trying to remember that it's going to be fine like you will you're going to you're learning from whatever even if you don't feel like it you're taking you know in a year's time you're taking stuff from this moment oh so much stuff and the way you described it actually is so um so true it feels like your world is imploding Mm -hmm. when you're told okay sorry but you've got this and you're going off for eight weeks because eight weeks sounds like nothing, mm-hmm. um, but you know, in your head you're going, oh, eight mm-hmm. weeks, you know, and and you're you're you feel like you're back at at mm-hmm. the start line again, but of course you're not, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, as we've talked about, you you come through it with that that exactly. experience. That yeah. Mm. So moving into like I guess after graduating, going into you know you got straight into northern ballet which is amazing and did you say that that started off as like an apprenticeship contract yeah yeah so I did an David Nixon offered me an apprenticeship year which at Mm -hmm. first was a bit sort of like oh like you know what's that all about I didn't fully Mm -hmm. understand um but I think it was it was good to do that and I remember in our initial discussions via email when he offered me it Mm -hmm. he made he brought out all of the dancers now who had been apprentices and it was literally you know a massive group of dancers that had joined in the last few years and started to move up the ranks mm. um so that sort of affirmed my my decision in the end mm-hmm. um, and I was excited to to get to the company and be doing the work that I'd seen them perform mm-hmm. on stage um because yeah that as as I mentioned, that theatricality and narrative had always really excited me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm quite an imaginative guy. Mm-hmm. So 
for me that side of it was was really intriguing and it has been yeah super cool to be doing that for the last eight years whoa um were you also I guess like well yeah I'm assuming you were looking at other companies as well um when you were graduating or did you have like your like what was your kind of I guess audition situ like and also I know eight years ago like it might have been slightly different um yeah how kind of it worked this is interesting though because even in the last few weeks I've had um sort of people asking about additions that are in their graduate year and I keep saying to them (laughs) feeling dead old now it was Mm -hmm. about nine years ago ten years ago that I went through all of this so it might have changed since Mm -hmm. I did but um, yeah I did do other additions um I went to Berlin which mm-hmm. I managed to somehow get the plane to Berlin without reala- in January without realising that it was going to be like minus 10 degrees and didn't take a jacket. In true Scottish fashion, <sighs> it was literally freezing and I was running around Berlin without a jacket, um, going from shop to shop to try and just oh, keep warm and get back oh. to the home. Um, that's so funny um, I had also in my graduate year worked with Scottish Ballet during their Christmas season Mm -hmm. um, which was a real eye-opener for me in terms of um, what was expected of professionals and just you know a bit of an introduction to company life Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that it was Christopher Hampson had quite recently taken over the company mm-hmm. and it was his first um, opening of Hansel and Gretel mm-hmm. which has since then made a reappearance for a Christmas season for them I think but mm-hmm. it was incredible to be a part of that for a short time I think I only did about four or five weeks um, but I absolutely loved it and obviously I grew up watching Scottish Ballet once yeah. I'd done school Scotland mm-hmm. um, so to be on stage at Theatre Royal dancing as mm-hmm. a you know student artist for Scottish Ballet was really really incredible um so so I also had my, my eye on Scottish Ballet and yeah. obviously with my family being based in Scotland and mm-hmm. you know it's my, yeah of my course home, my home country yeah uh, that was always sort of quite appealing to me um mm-hmm. but then again you know really liked the look of Northern um but it was Northern that that offered me the contract in the end and my goodness I was relieved to Mm -hmm. get a job get a Mm -hmm. contract um, and have that that opportunity because it's just so incredibly competitive Mm -hmm. Um, but actually for my year group that year every single graduate got a really good job Mm. Um, that's so good it was crazy. Um, it was incredible. Everyone was so proud of each other. And it was that thing of we, we were all looking back at three years being like, oh, my gosh, like we all did it. We came uh, through. Yeah, it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, obviously, that that's not everyone's experience. And just because people don't get a job straight out of school doesn't mean that they can't go on to do very incredible things. Mm. Yeah, but exactly. I, I was I was mega lucky yeah mm-hmm. yeah so joining Northern Ballet you started off in, as an apprenticeship and I know like people listening I know the directors changed as well in the last like year or six months or something 
recently um but so but for the majority of your time there um you were under David Nixon um what how was you know those how was those years in the company moving up the ranks you know learning different repertoire touring doing a different like you said the company's well yeah the company is a lot more I guess like into storytelling compared to like some other companies um and that's something they've always been like really big on I noticed like when they're always like looking for dancers like on their like audition things and I'm always like trying to like say actually how much I love swimming (laughs) (laughs) can't just include that um so what was that like essentially those I guess like yeah the last few years because then I'd like to also talk about you know what changes you've kind of seen if there has been any changes with the change of director um and how yeah we'll talk about it yeah so um actually in my first few years in the company mm-hmm. it was a little bit tricky um yeah. I think also I see young dancers coming in now and I know how my first few years felt again it was a little bit like that first year in London it was just a bit of a blur Mm-hmm. And there's a lot happening around you and there's a lot of learning to be done um, on so many levels. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, at, at so many different capacities in terms of learning repertoire, learning how it works um, and and a rehearsal setting and, and a technical setting on stage, mm-hmm. adapting to touring life, a touring company that's on tour for half the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all those things it was just a bit yeah <laughs> to panic stations which <laughs> our Bali mystery Shoko says you're not allowed to use the p word which is panic um but it was <laughs> a little bit panic stations um, and we were all you, you know there was a big batch of apprentices that year I think there was like seven of us I want oh my to say. god we were all thrust into rehearsals for Cinderella, Gatsby, and the kids' ballet that year, which I think was Elves and the Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of whoa. Yeah. Um, but again, there was that guidance there. And I talk about this a lot how even before I left school, Yoko Ichino, David's wife and the ballet mistress, was coming into English National Ballet School and watching us oh. class. Oh. Um, and, you know, then sort of picking who she wanted to come up to the auditions and stuff. So I think that's a really nice thing that they did because it allows them to see you in a setting that you're comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of ethos around um, around supporting us and training us and wanting the best for us sort of maintained throughout my entire, um, my entire time whilst David was director mm-hmm. um and um yeah I mean it, it just all you know kicked off from there we got thrust into this tour of Gatsby and Cinderella you were learning several parts across all the productions and um but you know after the first year or so two years I started to find my way and again that that spark of ambition was within me and I looked at the dancers doing other st- you know bigger roles and I wanted to be doing those things Mm -hmm. um I think one of my sort of big breaks came when 
um, Bali de Monte Carlo came to set Jean-Christophe's Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And um, the casting was all done by them. Okay. And they cast me to do An Acolyte, which is within that production, a bit of a soloist role. And you definitely get the coolest music in the ballet. <laughs> the <Vigo. laughs> uh, and yeah, that was just a real opportunity for me. It wasn't a particularly classical role. It was quite mm-hmm. contemporary. Yeah. And I just, I just felt like it, it gave me such a chance to show what I could do. Um, so that was really cool. And then it just sort of, you know, it all built on from there. I started getting more chances and I always tried to work with like focus and dedication and, you know, yeah, got promoted to Corifi, got promoted to junior soloist, got to do beautiful roles that I'm just, again, so grateful for, um, Athos and Musketeers, um, more recently Tom and the Great Gatsby, all these things that, you know, I just never, never thought I think even school I would ever be capable of or ever get the chance to do. Um, mm-hmm. So to to have done them is is quite, quite cool. I'm kind of yeah. like, that yeah. was, was cool. And that was, was a cool moment, yeah. Um, so yeah, and here I am sort of eight years later. Um, yeah. And it's been quite nice, this tour of Nutcracker. I've done Nutcracker twice before. Okay. Um, and this time I'm doing Drosselmeyer. Oh, fun. Which, you know, again, it's quite nice to have spent the eight years here and see myself moving up the roles within the productions when they come mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, that's really cool. Um. And I'm having lots of fun dancing, lots of nice things. And, you know. That's good. Nice. That's good. How... Has it been like, I guess having Federico as in like having a new director, so you kind of had of a new person. I don't know. Like, has it been a massive change in the company? Yeah, I understand no. that it can be like a weird thing as well, having someone you're used to, like, be your director for like so long. And I don't know if David like ever comes in. I know, I know, Yoko still teaches, so then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yoko is definitely um, still teaching a lot she's very much around and we are so grateful that she is because we all absolutely adore her certainly next season we're performing David's Gatsby again nice um, and I'm looking forward to that because I've got some really cool stuff to dance in that so so yeah but the, the overlap has been nice mm. uh, but really enjoying having Federico here and mm-hmm feeling that new energy um and that vibe yeah nice um I know like we'll talk about this quickly because I did look at I was like oh got a show soon um but I know you do quite a few like other things outside of dancing at Northern Ballet and so you kind of have other projects work that you do outside when did you decide like I don't know, did they kind of just happen or were you like, oh, I want to develop myself more outside of the studio? Um, how did you get into that briefly? Yeah, I think I've always been the kind of guy that wants to learn as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I am a really gregarious person. I want to meet new people. I want to hear about new experiences. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge my perceptions and skills and abilities and 
I've just always done that. Even from the first year in the company, I wanted to be involved in anything I could out mm-hmm. with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, back then it maybe wasn't as accepted, but nowadays, you know, I think I think senior leadership teams and stuff have come to realize how much it can benefit the artists that they've got within their company if mm-hmm. they are allowed to sort of go out and experience new things or do courses or all these yeah. things that are doing now Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've always been a massive advocate for the skill sets that dancers have like dancers are incredible people Mm -hmm. they are creative they're focused they're driven Mm -hmm. you know they want to engage with as much as they can and um, for me that's always been a massive part of my life Um, and you know I'm lucky that I'm able to do these cool things like choreographing um like dabbling in a bit of marketing um mm-hmm. like the board and governance work I do which I'm hugely passionate about because I feel like it it's me giving back mm-hmm. um, um so so all those things I, I love and I'm passionate about them and I feel like they feed who I am and what I'm able to offer mm-hmm. uh, both at Northern Bali and just as a human being and the mm-hmm world um so yeah it's been cool particularly the board stuff um mm-hmm. I joined the board of young dancers academy in london nearly three years ago now mm-hmm. uh, and that has been a massive learning curve um and more recently joining the board of yorkshire dance and leeds um an organization that i've been really um wanting to be a part of get my foot in the door for a long time mm-hmm. um, I've finally joined that board and it's incredible um just to to be able to shape the way that the organizations are run and mm-hmm. able to offer what I can to facilitate that it's it's really cool and mm-hmm. uh, obviously being on the, the board of YDA I do feel like I am giving back for the vocational training that I received in Scotland at mm-hmm. a very similar school, similar mm-hmm. institution. Yeah. Um, and just sort of, yeah, I, I feel like I want the school to succeed. I want the kids to succeed. And the way I can, I can help with that is, you know, at, at board level and offering, yeah. you know, support and advice around finance, which is what I mainly um, help with for YDA. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it's it's super cool I'm super passionate about it sometimes it's quite tricky juggling so many balls mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah I love it and it challenges making it work making it work mm. making it work exactly no that's super interesting and it's yeah it's always interesting to talk to dancers who are kind of creating a life outside of the studio and the company um because they have other interests and kind of like feeding those other interests um which is so interesting because it's so varied and like I was talking to a dance you know three dancers not that long ago who started a dancewear company essentially like a secondhand dancewear while all dancing you know in a company um and it's just yeah super cool to hear what you know what dancers are doing you know outside of their company life i think that's everything um do you have any last words before we wrap up the episode um like any inspo 
advice for people listening today um yeah i don't know i'm not much of an oracle <laughs> but i just yeah i hope everyone's well um and thank you so much for having me it's been so nice to chat no worries um, and yeah. yeah amazing well before we finish where can the listeners find you on social media instagram whatever oh everywhere insta twitter although maybe twitter not for long the way it's going (laughs) Um, but yeah definitely insta gav mcc 15 i'll Um, put it down below please also give a follow to young dancers academy in london and matt senna productions um i'll link those below as well perfect thank you so much gavin for coming on um really enjoyed our conversation today and i hope everyone listening enjoyed And you can hear me same time next week. Bye.